day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Last time I was here, we, um, we spoke out of Isaiah 51. And we're talking about invitation. And um, just a quick recap. You know, it was all about where is he inviting you next? In, in verse 1, it says, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. You know, the first thing he invites us to is to relationship. He invites us to salvation with him. And uh, he, he wants us to walk in his blessing, so he invites us into relationship. And then it goes on, it says, Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Talking about the word. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. You know, the second invitation is he wants to invite you to learn truth. He wants you to, to invite you to, to, to do more, to be more, and to discover more in his word and by his spirit. And then it goes on and says, you'll summon nations you've never heard of and nations who've never heard of you and will come running to you because of me, your God, because the holy of Israel has honored you. He's inviting you to go and influence on his behalf. He's, going, he's inviting you to speak on his behalf. He's inviting you to step into other people's lives and invite them to do the same thing that he's invited you to do. He's always inviting us into another measure of life with him. This is our God. He's the God of the invitation. He invited us at creation to have dominion over this planet, to look after it. He's inviting us to get to know him where we broke relationship. You know, we celebrate communion and, and we, we celebrate the, the, the fact that he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could, we could have restoration of what was lost. He's always inviting us to another measure of our relationship with him. And he's given us amazing gifts and talents. One of mine's obviously not riding motorbikes. He's inviting you to go to the next measure of your relationship with him and he's given you an amazing gift and he's given you an amazing talent. He's given you amazing abilities to go about and do it. I call, I call our gifts and our talents our signature strengths because when he created you, he created things that are exactly you, for you and to happen through you and by you according to his authority and by his power and to his glory. See, he's given them to humanity he's just given them to humanity through you so that's why it's important that we glorify him in all that we do so his invitation today is what is your response to your abilities what is your response to your abilities so he wants you to use a hundred percent a hundred percent of your signature strengths you know your skills your talents your gifts your acquired your acquired skills in the assignment of life. You know, we just looked at these, these lives, these new lives today. You know, they're now on assignment. They're on assignment for the king of all kings. Their first assignment is to discover him. And then, then their second assignment is to be his grace to humanity. See, we're all on assignment. He wants, he wants for us 100% utilization of our signature strengths. He wants 100% of it so that we can be on assignment. And we, he wants us to make maximum premium use of our own history too. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It doesn't matter where we've been from or where we've, where we've come. He wants to maximize and utilize every aspect of our experience 
in our assignment. See, because he can work all things together for good. So he has us in a process of preparation. He's always preparing us. Sometimes we're getting sifted. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're walking in his blessing. We're in this preparation. Sometimes he prepares us by hard times. Sometimes he prepares us by blessing. What are you going to do with my blessing? So I want to talk a little bit out of Daniel chapter 5. So if you turn there today, that would be great. Did anyone watch the Bible this week? I've got some, uh, some of Kristen's cousins over this week and uh, one of them's name's Lyndon and we sat there with our Bibles open this week uh, critiquing the, the, the Bible TV series to see what they had right and what they had wrong and you know, we discovered a few things that were out of line so if you want to know what they are, come and see us. And, um, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. So let me just set the, um, set the table, set the... Set the uh, Look, I'm, I'm injured. All right. So if I get anything wrong, just forgive me if there's any heresy. So Babylon, Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, captured the nation of Israel, including the temple of Jerusalem. So that's, that's kind of the scene that was, that was set a little while ago. But now, you know, it's many years later, his son Belshazzar, or if you're from WA, Belshazzar, is... Um, is uh, He's now king. King Nebuchadnezzar has died and Belshazzar is now king. And uh, he held a great feast for a thousand of his nobles. Now the wine flowed freely. Belshazzar ordered that the gold and the silver chalices that his father had stolen from God's temple of Jerusalem be brought in so that he and his nobles, his wives and his concubines could drink from them. They drank the wine and drunkenly praised their gods made of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. At that very moment, as they were toasting to their own man-made gods, the fingers of a human hand appeared and began writing on the wall of the palace. And when the king saw the hand writing away, he went white as a sheet, scared out of his wits. His legs went limp and his knees knocked. He yelled out for the fortune tellers and the psychics to come. Anyone who can read this writing on the wall and tell me what it means will be famous and rich and be third in command in this kingdom. One after the other they tried but could make no sense of it. And then Daniel was brought to him. Chapter 5 verse 12 says he had an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, could interpret dreams, solve riddles and explain enigmas. So Daniel was called in and the king asked him, Are you the Daniel who was of the British exiles my father's brought here from Israel? Daniel says, Listen, O king, the most high God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar a great kingdom and a glorious reputation. Because God made him so famous, people from everywhere, whatever race, colour and creed, were totally intimidated by him. He developed a big head and a hard spirit and then God knocked him off his high horse and stripped him of his fame. He was thrown out of human company, lost his mind and lived like a wild animal. He ate grass like an ox and was soaked by heaven's dew until he learned his lesson. And the lesson was that the most high God rules kingdoms of earth and he puts anyone he wants in charge. So Daniel says to Belshazzar, You are his son and have known all this, yet you are as arrogant as he ever was. You had the sacred cups 
from the temple of Jerusalem brought into your drunken party so that you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines could drink from them. You used the sacred cups of Jerusalem to toast to your gods, your gods made with human hands. And so you disrespect the living God who holds your entire life from birth to death in his hands. God sent the hand that wrote on the wall. And this is what it is written. It says, Mine, Tikel, and Perez. And this is what they mean. Mine says, God has numbered the days of your rule and they don't add up. Tikel says, You have been weighed on the scales and you don't weigh much. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and handed over to the Medes and the Persians. That same night, the Babylonian king Belshazzar was murdered and lost his kingdom to the Persians and the Medes. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the revelation that you have for us today, Father. Lord, we ask that the words of man, the, the words of man would drop to the floor and the revelation of heaven would pierce our hearts and our minds with truth. Father, we open our hearts to receive your truth. Lord, we just, we just give you permission today to love us with truth. So we just thank you, Father. We thank you for the examples and the history of your word. And we just ask that you would just wash us afresh today that you would renew the spirit of our minds. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, so what does this ancient story mean to us? It, this story, just keep in mind this. In Colossians 3, 1, 7, 3, in Colossians 3, 17, it says this. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do according and in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, glorifying him in the name of Jesus. So whatever you do, so when you're, whatever you're doing in life, whether by word or deed, so that's whether you're interpreting scripture or whether you're making dinner or whatever you're doing, we need to do in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when we look back, see everything points to the cross. Everything points to the grace of Jesus Christ. Everything, everything is either from his grace or everything otherwise needs his grace. There's only two things in life. They're either according to his grace or requiring his grace. doesn't matter what it is. There's only two things. If, if our lives are a mess, we need, his, we need his grace. If our lives are influencing, they're because of his grace. So we glorify him either way. It's the same solution. So when we're looking at scripture, when we're looking at life, we want to make sure that we're look, doing all according to the name of Jesus. So this is when we look at this. When we look at the temple of God, let's just break it down a bit. The temple of God speaks of you and I. Now, if you want to know how much God loves you and how much he created you, you just need to go back and look at how Solomon's temple was built. Look at the intricacies. Look at the detail that God used when he built this temple that was just bricks and mortar and timber and and cloth and and, and gold and, and all these different things. If you look at the intricacies of what he did for Solomon's temple, he said, you are now the temple of my Holy Spirit. So when you think, when you think about that verse that we prayed this morning about, about um, Caitlin and Kevin, you know, we, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knew us, that he thought of us. When he made you, he used so much more intricacy 
than he did when he created Solomon's temple, when he, when, he, when he set the plan out for Solomon's temple. This is how much he loves you. This is how much he's given to the world through you. He wants you to know that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You carry the spirit of the almighty God. So when he created you, when he said, let there be Benjamin, you know, he was saying, let there be a temple to carry my spirit around this planet. And he said that about each and every one of you. And he wants you to know that when he created you that he was having a very good day. And he was thinking and imagining some beautiful things. And exactly what he imagined, you became. So in the temple, there's gold and silver chalices. You know, there's furniture. There's all sorts of different things. You know, and this, these speak of our gifts and talents in life. You know, we're the temple, and inside the temple, he's given us gifts and talents that are to be used, though. There's the, there's the, key, the key thing is that they're to be used to glorify his name. They're to be used to lift up his name. They're to be used to everything that he has given us. All the gifts and talents that are in us are to be used for his glory, for the purpose of God. So what happened is the king of Babylon, Babylon represents the world. They used the cups for their own glory, for their man-made gods. See, do you know there's only one true God? Every other God that exists is man-made. Notice how when it talks about the gods in that, in that scripture, it says they were made of gold or silver or bronze or wood. You know, we create things, don't we? We create things to worship when we get distracted. And God wants us to keep our focus on him. That's why Colossians 3.17 is so important. He says, as long as you keep doing things in my name, then you'll stay focused. Your worship will be focused. You know, I was singing that song this morning and, um, and um, I was reading these words about my lips. You know, my lips will do this and, you know, because of your love. And I open my eyes and there's Greg standing in front of me. See, this is what happens is, is when we, we do things according to our strength, we become short-sighted. When we do things in his name, we see beyond what's right in front of us and, and keep glorifying him. I've got this amazing picture of, of, um, of Lucifer, who's the worship leader in heaven. And uh, he's standing there in front of all the angels and he's leading them in worship. And they're all looking at him. He thinks they're looking at him. They're actually looking at God. You know, so he, we can get short-sighted in what's happening. See, when, what's happening is we don't come along to church and look at the worship team and go, what an amazing worship team. What we do is we look through the worship team and we go, thank you for having that music so that we can honour the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who is in heaven. See, he doesn't want us to be short-sighted. He wants our sight to go beyond. So we need to keep focused on the things of him. So there's three main, three main battlegrounds that we face. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And we love to give the devil credit for everything, don't we? But there's, there's us and the world as well. And um, you know, sometimes, sometimes we've got to get past the desires of our own flesh so that we can actually glorify him. So what happened? God steps in. And you know, you've heard the saying, the writing is on the wall. Well, this is where it came from. When this hand wrote on the wall, it said three things. Your days have been numbered and they are finished. See, when we use the gifts of God, when we use anything in life for anything other than glorifying him, it has no future. There's no future in it. There's no future in building yourself up. There's only future in glorifying God. 
There's only, future, there's only a future when we, do, when we live for his glory. And when we live for his glory and our hope is in eternity, when our hope is in eternal things, then great things can happen. When our hope is in the moment, when our, when our, our heart, when our sight is in the moment, there's no future in that. It may appear like there's a future. We become short-sighted. The second thing he says is you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Interestingly, um, you know, weight is a really great measure of substance. And um, there is no substance outside of God's truth. See, if you use your gift, if you use your talents, if you use your, your everything, anything, your strengths, your signature strengths for anything outside of God, there's no substance in it. He wants you to, to, to glorify him. You know, I love what, um, I think, you know, thinking of things like motorbike riding, you know, we had, we had Chad come up last week and, and discuss the ride for hope. You know, and he's got this talent. He's great at organising events and he loves riding motorbikes. So what does he do? He decides to glorify God with his strength and he creates a motorbike event and concert to glorify God and raise money for chaplains. See, there's a future in that. See, when you just go riding for your own glory, you know, you obviously break things and um, things go badly for you. No. See, he wants, he wants us, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what your strength is. He wants you to glorify him with it. He, and if you glorify him with it, there's a future, there's an inheritance. You think about everything that you do from the perspective of your children's children. Will my children's children be blessed by heaven if I keep doing, if I keep going according to this way? And the third thing is, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Persians and the Medes. That's the third thing he says. You know, when we focus on self, there is always loss and division. When I get selfish with Kristen, we get divided in our relationship. See, when I focus on having my life right with God, our relationship comes together. When I focus all my gifts on glorifying him, then the people in my world get blessed. When I focus all my gifts on building myself up, then the people in my world get in my way and I want them to get out of my way. See, God wants you to be a blessing to humanity. And he's, called, he's given us an amazing warning here um, through this king. See, we all have talents and gifts. Some are natural talents, some are supernatural talents. You, know, you, might have, um, you might have the gift of teaching or mathematics or discernment. You might have a sporting ability. You might have the gift of healing. You might have the gift of singing or praying or cooking or, or cuddling even. You might, have the, you might just be like Ben Melville who's got the gift of being really, really good looking. He's like Queen Esther, but a man, obviously. It's a gift. He said he wants to become a model so that, um, so that when people ask him what he does, he says, I'm professionally attractive. That's what I, this, is, this is his words, not mine. This is his words. Just kidding. This is what we need to remember. We are the temple of God. We're the temple of his spirit. We carry the presence of the almighty God with us everywhere we go. And our talents and our gifts and our abilities 
our signature strengths are for his purposes. And he wants to really feel like he wants to remind us today. So he's inviting you to go to another measure of or another depth of relationship with him. And the next measure of relationship is, is when you commit your strengths to his purposes. When you commit your gift to his purposes. Whatever you do, when you commit it to his purposes, you create an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefilable and, and, is, and it gets reserved. Where does the, your inheritance is reserved in heaven? See, we want to invest in things with our gifts and talents that compound in eternity. So the challenge is to remind ourselves of that. See, because we have an enemy. We have a flesh and we have a world that's trying to take our focus off him. It's trying to take our gifts and talents for their own glory. And God wants us to, to use them for his glory. See, when I look around at society, I would say that a good apt description of society is that they're short-sighted. You know, when I look at the policies of our governments, when I look at the, at the um, plans of the people that I come into to interaction with in this community, you know, I would say that an apt description of people who are, str- who are struggling especially is that they are short-sighted. And this is why I love, I love the ways of God because he's such, he, he takes the long view. You know? and, and when we're walking through things in life, when we're getting sifted like wheat sometimes, you know, we're taking the long view. And we're not looking at what's right in front of us. We're looking at what the blessing of God that is on the other side of the challenge that's right before us. You know, I, I see that the society is looking for fulfillment wherever they can get it. And they're struggling to commit. God has called us. He's called us to glorify his name. He's called us to use everything that we are, taking our signature strengths and to bless his holy name with it. Whatever we do. You know, he, you know, and sometimes we don't know what to do. What do I do with my signature strength? You know, if you're like Chad, what do I do with, you know, with my um, ability to, to um, put events together and, and my ability to ride motorbikes? Well, you know, God, he plants seeds in your imagination. You know, if you think of Ephesians 1, he says, Paul, Apostle Paul says, open the eyes of their understanding, which is the Greek word dianoia, which is talking about your imagination. Open the eyes of your imagination so that you can see. God wants to plant seeds in your imagination so that your strengths, your signature strengths, can become a blessing to his kingdom. And when your strengths partner with his kingdom, people get set free. You are full of God's goodness. You are absolutely full of God's goodness because when he created you, he created you in his image. It doesn't mean that, that we don't make mistakes and doesn't mean that there's not a world, the flesh and the devil that are trying, that, are, that are, have a sin nature. You know, we, we, we are created in his image. So we need to keep reminding our flesh, we need to keep reminding the world that we're for his purposes. And when we keep reminding ourselves of that, we begin to focus on his ways. We begin to focus on his plan. We begin to see that sometimes we're in the blessing, sometimes we're in the process. Sometimes we're, we are the blessing. Some, do you ever notice that God's called you to be generous to someone else and it's a cost to you? God has called us to be a blessing. 
And sometimes we, we walk in the fruit of it ourselves. Sometimes we provide the fruit of his blessing to someone else. But he's called us, like Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the call of God. This is the invitation of God. He's inviting you to live in his name. He's inviting you to do all things, to filter all things through the, through the redemptive power of the cross. I love this about God. And I, I love it how it applies to our past. You know, when we look back, when we speak and think about our past, things that we may regret, things that may have been a blessing, things that may have been a nightmare, whatever it is, when we look back in our past and we look back from the perspective of the cross and his resurrection, we're reminded that all things do work together for good. And when we, when we understand that, the burden or the pain of our past actually becomes one of our signature strengths. It's interesting, it's interesting um, if when you look at Christ and going to the cross, you know, when we celebrate communion, it, you know, Corinthians doesn't say, remember his resurrection, does it? It says, remember his death till he comes. See, when you look back at your past, you know, there's a great story of redemption. There's a great story, there's a great redemptive power, whatever you've walked through. But God is saying, I am even going to use the pain of your past so that people can get set free. So when you look back at your past, you know, he didn't, you know, God didn't cause your past, but he's going to make your past beautiful. He's going to say the scars that, that you have are going to glorify me. The scars that you have are going to, to become a signature strength and they're going to lift up my name and people are going to get saved because you are now looking at your past through the cross. See, God wants you to, he doesn't want you to, to look down at yourself in any, any negative way. He wants you to look at yourself and understand that he has called you to be a blessing. And when you understand that, you can look at the negative parts of your life through the power of the cross. Because we've all walked through things. We've all walked through challenges. And it's not just when you have a testimony, it's you actually, a strength that you have in your past, from your past, is you actually have credibility to speak into people's lives who have walked through what you've walked through. You know, it's like a, it's like a um, you know, it's like the fashion industry. You know, we, we buy pre-worn jeans now, don't we? You know, they've actually got pre-worn on them because we love it. We love the fact that something's, something's um, it's, it's almost fashionable, fashionable to be scarred now, isn't it? And God doesn't want you to be scarred. He wants you to be pure. And, you know, my goal is that we have generations grow up who become, who become generation upon generation who are living pure, free, abundant lives. But it doesn't mean that if you haven't experienced that, that God can't bless people because of your past. So whatever your testimony is, God wants to use it for his glory. Wherever you have been, whatever you have done, why doesn't the band jump up? See, as we discover our position in Christ, we begin to see ourselves anew, see our gifts and our talents from a new perspective. See, what happens is, is your gifts and your talents, says in Proverbs 18, 16, that they make room for you and they put you before great men. But what's behind our talent is our hunger for his glory. 
It's the condition of your heart and your character that keep you and keep your gift operating to his glory. See, this is what he's looking for. You know, the, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro all over the planet looking for those who are loyal to his purposes so that he can strengthen them. He wants to strengthen you. He's not so much interested in your talent as he, as he is interested in your character. Gifts and talents, our signature strengths, may shape our direction, but not our success. They're not a reward. They don't give us maturity. They're unlearned, undeserved gifts from God to humanity that we are the, we are the postman. You're the postman of the gifts. And God wants you to deliver your signature abilities to humanity in Jesus' name. And when you deliver it in Jesus' name, you create an inheritance. They're like birthday presents. We can be thankful for them. We can look after them. We can develop them. And we can honour the giver of them. Or we can abuse them and offend the giver. What is your response to your abilities? What is your response to the signature strengths that God has given you? You know, we see it in athletes. see athletes like the old Australian um, marathon runner, Rob D. Costella. You know, what is he doing now? He is, he is going up into the Northern Territory and taking, taking Indigenous Australian kids and flying them to New York and, teach, and taking them and running the New York Marathon with these kids. He's taken his signature strength and he's honouring God by looking at how he can impart this strength to the next generation. It's all about inheritance. See, God wants you to create an inheritance with your strength. And he commits to loyal character. His eyes are scanning the world, constantly going to and fro, looking for hearts that are loyal to his purposes. Character is not reputation. It's not strength. It's not achievement. It's who we are. It's who we are when nobody's looking. It's who we are when we're planning our future. It's how we love people who offend us. It's how we take risks when, when we're afraid or embarrassed. It's where our hope is. It's when our hope is in eternity. It's our courage to try and try again. It's our courage to get back on. It's our discipline in trusting him when we don't have all the information. See, when God says, go, all authority has been given to me, he doesn't give you all the information. He just says, don't worry, I've got all the authority, now you go. See, sometimes we need to make, take the discipline to step when we don't have all the information. And he's given us an endurance in our character. These are the things that he's rising up in you. See, he's more interested in your growth and your character than he is in your gift or your talent. He gave you your gift. And now he wants you to dedicate it to his glory. And when you do that, you are accepting the invitation to another measure of relationship with him. Why don't you stand with me? Let me pray with you today. Why don't you put your hand on your heart with me today? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, I thank you that is, 
It is your truth that sets us free. I thank you that it is by your grace that we can stand here today at peace, knowing that we have an eternity prepared for us. Lord, we thank you, Father, for our hearts. Lord, we thank you that the intricacies of Solomon's temple don't compare to the image that you created us in, Father. We thank you that when you imagined us, Father, when you imagined us, you imagined every blessing and every good purpose for us, Lord. And we thank you that we are on assignment, Lord. So, Lord, today we receive the assignment of heaven afresh. We receive the opportunity, Father, to walk in your blessing and to be your blessing, Father. Lord, we, Father, we need your favour to be a blessing to humanity, Father. So we ask, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, Father, that you would open the eyes of our imagination, Lord, that we may see strategies, Father, where our signature strengths can be 100% utilised on our assignment for your glory, using every aspect of our past, Father, the good, the bad, or the ugly, Father. We ask, Father, that all of our lives be reconciled to your ways. When we look at our past, Lord, the good, the bad, and the ugly, Father, we declare it reconciled in Jesus' name. We declare it redeemed in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare the hope of heaven is our hope, Father. Our hope is in eternal things, Father. And when we seek your ways, Father, when we seek to make plans and decisions and strategies, Lord, Lord, we want to seek that they would be an inheritance for our children's children. And the hope of eternity would be at the centerpiece of all that we do. So we glorify your name and we lift it up, Lord. Lord, and I just ask that you would stir up the hearts of your people today. Stir up the love and the faith and the vision and the courage and the discipline, Father, and the endurance of your people, Lord. Enrich the character of your people today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are in the process, Lord. And Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you would just continue to have your son intercede faith for us, Lord, that we would be strengthened and that we would be an encouragement. So Lord, as we sing, Father, we want to glorify your mighty name. We want to do all things in your name. We want to honour our heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.